Blog Talk Radio. Today is May 21st, 2021, and this is Fright Talk. I am Nadim Tabs, and I am here with my very good friend and my brother. BJ Jones, here right here on Fright Talk. Good to see you again, Nadim, and hear you, actually, because we can see each other, but the world can only hear us. Well, they, so they can only hear us. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, we're going to dive into the Curtis Mansion. It's historic. It's beautiful. It's in Miami Springs in South Florida. The place has had a very unforgettable but somewhat unusual past. So we're going to have a great discussion about this phenomenal building. And, of course, that's going to spiral us into other phenomenal buildings and things that might be going on in our own backyards. If you'd like to speak to us at any time during the live podcast, you can call in at 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. You can email your questions or comments to us if you're a little shy and you don't want to call in at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com. You can always DM us uh, in Instagram at N-T-A-B-S-C-H, that's N-T-A-B-S-C-H, at Dr. Billy Jones or at Fright Talk Guys. So before we get started today, Billy, my dear friend, how are you? I'm doing very well. I have to tell you, Nadim. I'll share with the world. I've I've had the pleasure um, via COVID. There have been some benefits, folks. And I was able to attend my very first StokerCon, which is a horror writers convention. And it's taking place in Denver, but I'm able to enjoy it from the luxury of my home. And I'm just so inspired by the creatives that are in the world who celebrate what we do, Nadine. So props and shout out to the the Horror Writers Association for an, an incredible weekend. And I also want to share, if I, know, if, you, if I may, I want to say a shout out to Anike Madison, who just returned with her show on Journey into Passion right here on Everyday Folks. Go and check out her last episode, which, which, which aired on Saturday, May 15th. And then lastly, I got some stuff coming up, too. We'll talk a little more about that in the, in the end of the show coming up for Everyday Folks. You know, Nadeem, I have to share. Thanks to you, I know about the Curtis Mansion. I knew <laughs> of it, but I always thought it was in Core Gable somewhere. I didn't right. think it was in Miami Springs until right. Nadim and his lovely wife, my dear friend, friends, took me and my better half on a, a tour of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of their town, their city, and we actually drove in to the area. We were able to drove, drive up as close as we could because there was an event or venue going on that, right. the night of. But And he also took the time. I got my own like personal historian here because Nadim is a historian, <laughs> and he's a historian by day in, in his work and, and as an educator. But it was nice to get the story. So, Nadine, for you, you know, you came, you know, when we talked about Curtis Mansion, when we were there that night, it was before we even started a podcast. 
And we right. said, you know what? This would be a great place for so many things that has now come to fruition because of it. And lo and behold, we're talking about it now in this podcast. <laughs> right, right. And it's in our own backyard, really. It's not that yeah. far away from you. It's blocks from me. Um, and it does, you know, I, I think buildings are structures, but they they all have a history, right? Some good, some bad. I think what happens a lot of times with uh, historic places, not just in South Florida, Curtis Mansion being one of them, but mm-hmm. I think in general, a lot of times as time passes, people only want to focus on the, uh, you know, perhaps the more positive notes of these places because a lot of like the Curtis Mansion has a, a a rich history, let's call it that. Right. And and to this day, it is used as a venue for weddings and different type of banquets and events and things like that. So there's that positive spin. But there were stories for years before that positive spin about perhaps it being haunted and people hearing odd things. And, you know, it, it is in Miami Springs, but it's kind of tucked away. It's a very long driveway. Uh, it's kind of hidden. Uh, but when you when you get there, I, I mean, you and I have both been inside, um, and I, I've been inside, and in, you know, mm-hmm. at night I've been inside during the day, and so you're in, and I know you've experienced this, Billy. When you go into certain places, and you just feel something different, not necessarily good, not necessarily bad, just different. I mean, has that happened to you before? It's interesting. The times that I've been there, which are only two, one was for like a like a general uh, like an event. There was something going on there actually. I can't recall when, but I'm talking a good decade plus ago. And the second was back, uh, you know, a few months ago, almost a year ago for Halloween. They actually had you know a night at the Moore Manor, which was so much fun. And we talked about it a bit in, on one of the episodes during October last year. What I have this year that I found most that fascinating was the architecture that is in Pueblo style. Yeah. It's a huge facility, and it's it, – folks, you got to understand, this is an early 20th century um, uh, edifice, mm-hmm. and, it, 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 and it, it's how many square feet? About – what is how many – the square footage on it was like uh, – it, it sits on – at that point, I thought it was – it was, used to be 30 acres at one point. It once sat on 30 acres, and then as the city right. began to develop, obviously, the, the acreage and the owner, which was Glenn Curtis, you know, Glenn right, Curtis. right. Um, he began to, um, obviously, things began to change. He effectuated yeah. change in the community. Put in a golf and, course in a lot of right. those 30 acres, right? Is that golf course? Yeah, it's there. That's right. The golf course is over there. Off so of it's the directly of across Bore. from it. Yep, directly yeah. across from it, there's a golf course. Yeah. And, uh, folks, for those of you who, who don't know, Glenn Curtis is actually an unsung hero in history. He um, is one of the people who is accredited for massive – um, advancements in, te- in the technology technology mm-hmm. of aviation. He was one of the first people to produce a motor and put it on a bicycle. So he was I didn't creating know that. Wow. his own motorcycles. At that time, he mm-hmm. called them Hercules. Now, hmm. in 1925, he uh, that's when the Curtis Mansion, I believe, was built. But he was also considered to be the founder of not only Miami Springs, but if you're familiar with South Florida, Miami Springs, Hialeah, and Opalaka as well. And so in Opalaka, um, his idea was to have like an Arabian Nights type of thing. So you can see Mm -hmm. some of that uh, architecture there. I mean, you have like different avenues there. 
uh, with Arabic names and stuff in Opelaka. But he is the founder of a few major cities, or well-known cities anyway, in South Florida. He did not live in this mansion for a very long time. He did mm-hmm. not live here all his life. He was from New York. He did mm-hmm. not live in the Curtis Mansion all his life. I, I think that sometimes people just assume that he lived there 34. He didn't. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he lived there five years, maybe 10, maybe. But it, that, that's which is a small amount of time in, in retrospect when you look at somebody's life. But, um, yeah, Billy, I, I think that uh, I think that sometimes we take for granted some of the rich history that, that we have mm-hmm. in our own neighborhoods. And he he coined the house, House of Happiness, right, Darera? And it's it's interesting because from the the local lore that we know, um, it it gets a little interesting. His story life, just like any house, every house has a story, folks. The demon of our houses, we talked about this on the episodes before, where our homes, where we each live in historical parts of, of, of Miami, and there and, and there's no telling what stories we don't know or things that have occurred in our spaces. Some of them right. we'd like to know and others we like to keep covered, right? Hmm, but the interesting right. thing about this gentleman, he died in the 30s, right? And then his wife ended up marrying his one of his friends, you know, moving on in her life. She married one of his business associates as well. And even though it was a house of happiness, it seemed like, a, a, you know, up into the mid um, 20th century, the early 1950s, the home went through several changes or changeovers, right? right? The couple lived in the house until the, until the, the late 40s. And, and I'm talking his, his, his wife, the widow, and her, re, mm-hmm. her remarried husband or whatever you want to call him. In fact, the guy she married, um, my understanding is that his name was Wheeler. He became the Wheeler, yeah. mayor of, of Miami Springs. Miami Springs, yeah. <laughs> I believe he might have been. I don't know if he was one of the first mayors or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the early days, in like 19, in the 1940s, but even still, there's a lot of story going on there. It's almost like a novella. But then what's interesting enough is that the house ended up going through several iterations and ownerships. It was resold again in the 50s and again and again. And it wasn't until 1987 when the his, it became a historic site um, right. in Miami Springs and the National Registry of Historical Places recognized it in December of, that, of 2001. So at that point forward, we now get an understanding of what we now enjoy as a staple in the community for venues. But Nadine, and, and, and here's the thing. The first thing I remember you telling me when we were in the car that night, the four of us were in the car just three years ago, you mentioned, which you know that place has a story. What is the story? What are the versions of the story that you know? Or so there, there's various versions of the story. Okay. The, the one there's This is, is absolutely true. That house had burned down several times. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've heard that. So you told or, me that. or there were fires, mm-hmm. mysterious fires. So it could be somebody, uh, a vandals. It could have been teenagers hanging out. But it did go through several fires before the house, and it went through a long process to get funded for it to get remodeled. Same type of Alamo architecture that they decided to keep. Um, you would hear, see, one of the stories was that he passed away in the home, and that's not true. He did not right. pass away in the home, right? Right. Um, the wife didn't kill herself there. None of that happened. However, it has been stated that if you drive by, there's a – the street that runs next to Curtis Mansion is called Deer Run. And mm-hmm. if you drive down Deer Run, you can see the tennis court that belongs to the mansion a good distance away from the property. Right. So mm-hmm. it took it was a little mm-hmm. bit of a walk to get to it. 
people often would claim that if you were by there at night, you would hear um, people screaming on the tennis court or as if they were shouting during a match. Um, lights turning on, on and off that you would see at night. From mm. the, There's homes around it that you can see and lights turning on and off at night when nobody was there. I mm-hmm. do know that when I was a teenager, it was a spot that was known to be haunted. At least that was the rumor. And people, teenagers would try to go because, hey, it's a dare, you know, you want to go in and you want to see what's going on. But it was very well guarded at the time. The Miami Springs Police Department did not mess around. They did not like people being on that property if you were not supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. so the different versions of the stories were, um, you know, he had killed himself, the wife had killed himself, and she had an abortion. I mean, all of these things, none of those things happened. Okay, so none of those things were uh, – historically, none of those mm-hmm. things are true. Mm-hmm. Other than it's often been reported that there's been strange goings-on in that place. Now, the design of that place, when you walk in, um, to the left is a what you would call a parlor, but the a type parlor, of parlor yeah. Greek people, yeah, where the right. fireplace is and stuff like that to your left-hand side, and it's pretty big. Yeah, it's a pretty big space. And so if you're in there and you kind of put yourself in the mindset of those times, you realize that something – I've been in the mansion. So, so, folks, for you guys listening, the mansion is not furnished. It is empty. Right. Okay? right. If you go into the rooms, it, it is empty. There's an office and there's a kitchen, but the rooms are generally empty. And so when you go into a hollow space like that, there's an eerier – uh, feeling. Yeah. As time has progressed, Billy, that notion of the Curtis Mansion being haunted or whatever the case mm-hmm. is, I don't know if it's because it's bad PR or it doesn't look good and because in the end of the day there were rumors, but um, it's not something that I don't think is talked about as often as it used to be. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if it's a uh, one of those things where we only want to bring the positive light to things. Um, I'm not sure. Do you have any theories on that? I mean, with I would, time? I suppose that with time, as new generations move forward, and, and you can say this, having lived in Miami Springs, you know, for, and Chris all her life, your lovely wife, and, 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 and you there almost two decades yourself, the town's changed not even in, in 10 years. You've seen such right. an evolution, right. right, in the town. And as People leave, and, and their stories and the the lore. Some remain, and if it's not if it's not cemented enough to keep people captivated, it just doesn't hold root. It doesn't take root. And so I think what's happened is that people have evolved, and, and as the, the community has evolved, the stories have dissipated. But right. I will say this. Now, you've been there. I've only been there for events, okay? Right. Like for events, and I only had. I mean, I was there for 100 attractions, and I was astounded by what I saw. Right. But you've been there when there's nothing else going on there but Correct. one central space, right? Correct. Would you live there? That's a very oddly shaped house. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, folks, I'm going to do the best I can to describe it. When you walk into the left-hand side, you have that yeah. pretty large parlor. Uh, you also have the main staircase to the left. Now, that main staircase, if you take it and you walk when you get to the top of that staircase, you can overlook the parlor. So you look down to your left, you'll see the parlor. It's almost like a balcony. But that takes you down to only a portion of the second floor of the house. So here's the interesting part. 
if you go back down that stairs and you go outside, Glenn Curtis wanted a separate stairway that he wouldn't have to be seen if he wanted to go upstairs to his office. He didn't want to have to go through the main stairs. So they built stairway a stairway outside, which I believe you took, Billy, and it overlooks yeah. a, a courtyard outside. That would yeah. take you to his office. If you took – if you went into his office and you went through – don't ask me how I know this because I went through there. Um, I went through there with the person who works there, just so you know. I wasn't just like, you know, rifling through a place. Um, <laughs> you, There was a – I don't know if secret door is the right word, but oh, there was really? a door okay. that when you take that door, <laughs> it leads you back to the other side of where that main staircase is. Really? Yes. Interesting because yeah. I – The you're, way I'm remembering it. That's the, and, and it's interesting because I I kind of felt it odd. It was a very narrow staircase also, and it, it you know during the attraction I was just astounded how it took us through a good a portion of the house upstairs and downstairs, right. and it was a fun experience. But what you're saying is absolutely true. We you know folks we have to also be careful not to get caught up because we live in a very modern time, and when we have older homes, all of our homes that we own today at one point were. Um, pre, you know, were, were pre-construction, right? They were the pre-construction homes in the, the, the type of the day. Now those homes have been remodified. They've been brought up. There's, there's, each of our homes in Miami, at least in the Deems and Hours, are mid-century moderns. So we have elements of the past, but they have flavor of the today, right? That house in itself, because of its unique um, influence, its architectural influence, which is so fascinating, that in itself, I thought is super cool. It juts out. You could be riding down the street, and then there it is, the mansion. Right. And unlike right. other mansions, folks, here's something different that I appreciate about this mansion. It doesn't look creepy to me, you know, because maybe because of its architectural type. Also, too, what reinforces the tropes of scary houses today? Victorian homes, right? Right, <laughs> and right. And so we don't have that going on. And also, it helps that it's in a very beautiful um, city. And so, because Miami Springs is, is fabulous, there's not an ugly house there. And so it doesn't, it complements the space in a very unique way. Does that make sense? Yeah. But yet yeah. when you walk in, and I will tell you for the time when I was there, not for a haunted attraction, but just for another venue, we had to go out on the, the patio area. Mm. I thought, okay, this, I feel like I was walking to a theme park and <laughs> it, it felt very commercial. It didn't yeah. feel like a home. And right. ironically, like you said, nothing was changed or transformed other than no furniture there. And, of course, restorations over the years to mm -hmm. keep it in its yeah. original form. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, the, re the restorations were made. Uh, the kitchen is enormous. But right. these things have been updated. These things have been restored because, remember, there were several fires. And, um, you know, and, and even researching, it's very difficult to find the information about those fires to be honest with you yeah. the reason that i know that that those things took place is because you can talk to many miami springs residents that have been in miami springs for a very long time who've lived here all their life and they recollect those fires because it happened in the 90s mm. so people remember yes and i remember when uh, uh coming into springs i maybe when i first moved here or maybe maybe before and i remember that before it was restored, and it was just a husk, more or less. Hmm. So it did take some time for it to be restored. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, now, and Billy, folks, you, I, you know, I oh. have to tell them in the Dean. We got to tell them what time it is, though. So. You got to let them know. Already, 
19 minutes on the hour. And we are appreciate some of your questions that are coming in. I, I got a couple that are popping in here. And as well as those of you who have others to send, go ahead and send those over at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Or send them on Instagram to tabs or Fright Talk Guys. Uh, and that's N-T-A-B-S-C-H. And also, you can call us, 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. You were going to say something, Nadine? Well, I was just going to say that we I have a, a few questions, and I know you have okay. some coming in on your side, so we can, wanted to start getting to them because I know you and I could rap about this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, I have a question here for you from Devaney. And she says, I like the fact that you're covering some South Florida locations. I'm originally from South Florida. Have you visited the Curtis Mansion? I'm asking that one as the first question because, you know, we in relation to what we just spoke about. Yes, we have, Devin. We we both have visited. We visited it together <laughs> in a car tour of the city and as well as individually. And and have and been there. I'm, I'm talking in, in one event. I was there for a couple of hours for a venue. It was a lovely space. Um, my entire time there, I never felt creeped out. It was, but also too, I have to say, Devaney, we're both Miamians. Nt and I are, 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 are Miamians, and hey, we like the urban legends. And I thought everything until Nadine dis- dispelled a lot of the myths and stories. I thought a lot of the stories, and it was all. I thought it was a murder there <laughs> at one point. There, there was even some story that it was a murder, and I'm like, right. that can't be. They called it the murder house, and I'm like, that's not true. And right. so, yes, we have visited. And I think it's a wonderful space to visit or host a venue at as well. What about you, Nadine? I have been there a lot, and I'm going to tell you why. Because many years ago, for a couple years in a row, um, I don't remember if I did it one year or two. No, maybe I only did it one year. I was there at the very least uh, one to two weeks uh, every single day, Monday through Friday, because they actually hosted a summer camp there. It was a science summer camp, and at that time, I'm talking to you about a very long time ago, at that time, I was uh, giving some classes as an instructor in the summer camp. I believe it was for um, upper elementary, middle school students, if if I'm recalling correctly. And so I gave class in the actual parlor. No desks. No chair, no, no, no. But we 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 did projects and stuff in there, and so, um, Devaney, to answer your question, I've spent a lot of time in there, um, and I when when there there weren't any, you know, in the morning time before the students would arrive, I'd spend time there, and then when we would clean up and stuff, when we cleaned up and the summer camp was closed down, we spent a lot of time there. Um, as well after the cleanup and it was just uh, an empty space and we did I did get a private tour of the different offices and stuff like Mm -hmm. that as well so I I spent quite a bit of time there if anything has changed since then that I wouldn't be able to tell you but I I spent quite a bit of time there Nadine when you were there uh, how long were you there for that summer camp how long did it run I I want to say two weeks so you got a you got a chance to fully immerse in the space. That's pretty fascinating. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, fascinating. Yeah. It was two weeks and in two rooms. In the room that was, mm-hmm. uh, what I believe is in the second floor, uh, mm-hmm. was his office. I was in there maybe two days for a few hours, and then the rest of the time was in the main parlor in the bottom. 
Again, oh, empty cool. space. Yeah. Yeah. And Devaney, I think what Devaney, Miami, South Florida, let me say South Florida, Broward has its specials. These spaces are still, many of the, the historic spaces, at least here in South Florida, are well inhabited for whatever reasons, whether it be obviously with spirits or for commercial use or in public access. And so, you know, another place that we'll eventually talk about here on, on our podcast will be the Deering Estate. The Deering Estate. Right. We have Vizcaya as well. We have Stranahan House in, in Fort Lauderdale off of Las Olas. There's such an incredible history in South Florida. And, 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 and I say to all of our listeners, and, and explore your town, especially if you're a native. Don't be one of those natives who doesn't know his or her or their town. Know your right. town. There are so yeah. many incredible stories. Know your space. And if you're not a native, but you live or dwell in a space, whether it be recently or for an extended period, get to know your location. Get to know your space. You know, there are so many stories and, and histories there. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that. I agree with you, Billy. You know, oftentimes, how many people have lived in Miami all their life and just never, have never been to the beach? That's right. That happens more often right. than you think, folks. Miami is not just South Beach. South Beach is a speck of what Miami actually is, you know? That's right. South Beach is just a tourist area. So, But there are people who, even though we live off on the coast, a little inland, but, you know, Florida, um, there are people who live here all their life and never, have never been to the beach, not once. So I will know, share. You, know your area. You do have to know it. And I'll, I'll, go, I'll go further south, Nadine. Do you remember, I don't know if you recall, if we talked about it here on the podcast or in one of our one-on-ones outside of the, the, the podcast itself. But down in Homestead, we know Robert is here, and it's right. a great fruit stand. And, folks, if you're ever here, it made it to the Food Channel at one point. They have great shakes. They have a petting zoo. And, of course, you're su- supporting your, your local farmer. But Robert is here. He is um, a member of our service fraternity, and he's also um, – he, um, he co-authored with um, one of our guests that's going to be on Everyday Folks next Thursday, who I'll plug at this point, Cesar Alejandro Becerra. Cesar Alejandro Becerra is a historian, and he's also the author of the forthcoming next book of his called Orange Blossom 2.0, where he talks about Mary Brickle's story. And however, though, he wrote a story on this place. And while, and, and, and it was a fascinating story, but his story didn't talk about, it, it mentioned some of what I'm about to say, but what I was more fascinated with what Robert's wife told me at the fraternity dinner four years ago. When he was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award from our fraternity, we get there and, you know, we're talking how everyone's milling around. She says to me, she says, you know, Billy, you know, we talk about Hurricane Andrew. We started talking about hurricanes, and I think that year right. we had a crazy hurricane that had come through here. So she and I were talking, and I asked her, I said, well, how did, were you here during Hurricane Andrew? And she said, yes, I was. I said, well, how did you all fare? Because as you know, Nadine, it was crazy south. The more yeah, south you went, the more yep. definitely. was destroyed, yep. She said it was bad for two reasons. One, because of the storm they had to rebuild. And the second one was because her mother was murdered right after the storm, and they don't know who the killer was. Wow. Yeah. And they owned that whole entire acreage of land back there. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. And I, what a show for us in the future, right? And Robert is here. <laughs> Robert That's is here getting the store, but Robert is here in Miami. We can talk about it or at least get his wife on board. So I just wanted to throw that in because it reinforces the value of knowing your community. And for us, those of us who love this stuff, and we're not here saying that every place that you have is spooky or haunted. What we're saying is there are strange or unusual stories in your own backyard. Go find them out if you're interested. 
Yeah, and you know, listen, just because a lot of the stories from the Curtis Mansion can be dispelled, not all of them can be, as far as, you know, if a witness says that they've seen lights turn on and off when nobody was inhabiting it, then that's what they saw, you know? When somebody says that they heard screaming in the tennis court at night where you could see the tennis court from the street and you don't see anybody around, this is somebody screaming that they heard. So those things cannot necessarily just be written off. That's true. And, folks, we're coming up on the half hour, so we'll go ahead and do the plug now so we can dive into these questions that are coming in or comments. Our number to call us is 347-539-5372. Again, that call in is 347-539-5372. And it is obvious that you're not shy, so we're forever grateful for your inbox comments here, at least on my end, and what you're sending to Nadim. But our inbox options are for email, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And if you can for now, just go to Instagram and go to Fright Talk Guys or go to NTABS, N-T-B-A-S-D-H, and we'll go ahead and do our best to get back with you. So, Nadim, I got to throw this one out at you. Listen to this. Denver. Right. You know, we, we, Denver, know, we love Denver. Hey, Denver, yes. <laughs> Denver, the listener, a very loyal fan here. We're, we're grateful. Denver writes, I heard there was a haunted house in, in, our, in my own neighborhood. An older woman died peacefully in her sleep. She was a widow, then her children sold her house. The new owners claim all sorts of things are happening there. Question is, how often have you heard stories like this? Very, very often. I don't think it's uncommon. I think that a lot of times, uh, you know, if somebody passed away in a house or something like that, I believe legally that's supposed to be disclosed to people. However, um, let's say somebody didn't pass away. But the house or the building or the structure just has a dark history. The new owner, when they get into that home or they get into that structure, they're going to see and feel something and know well, something's not right here. You know, so I think those stories are, are more common uh, than people think. And then obviously, listen, I've seen, heard many stories of people purchasing a new home, well, new to them home, moving in. And their life just goes to hell. They can't sleep. They hear weird things. Things are breaking. And many of these cases, these people have to move out because they can't live their life in peace. Remember, your home is your sanctuary. And if you don't feel safe and in a sanctuary in your own home, where will you feel safe? Mm. So I I don't think those stories are as uncommon. I mean, Billy, I'm sure you've heard a ton of these stories as time has gone on. Absolutely. And one is uh, there's a classic show. I think it comes on TLC. I can't recall what network, but they do celebrity ghost stories. And Vanessa Williams was yep. talking about her house in upstate Connecticut. And she mentioned how she bought the house. She and her husband, um, who's another famous celebrity at the time, um, bought the home. And while they were in their room, because their bedroom was on the first floor, they saw, you know, watching TV at night, they saw like somebody was walking by the window with a flashlight. And they looked, they're like, what is this? So he went and looked, but there was no one on the premises, right? And then surely thereafter, their relationship began to have an experience turmoil, and he ended up leaving. She had kids, and she stayed home in the house, and he ended up separating the later divorce. But then she said they didn't have any other issues until she wanted to start doing some um, architectural changes and renovations in the right. home, and that's when things started happening, when the home's architecture began to change. And while she was talking to one of the narrators, she had she has a huge estate, and but on the in the yard it was at night, and one of the you know the, the light posts, the lights in her yard, mm-hmm. right. one of them as they were talking, all of a sudden just went out, 
And she said, see, there's an example. She said, I could be sitting here. I feel like I'm being watched. She said, none of this was a problem. She said, at one time with the lights, they were talking at that time about getting a renovation, I believe, with she and her husband. Then he left and she still pursued it. Then her father died. He also was against her renovating the house because he was actually helping her. He was a contractor. It's a very interesting story that has a positive end. And she still lives in the house now. And I guess she and the spirits, and I felt, I don't know if she's there or has anyone else that lives with her, but they live, you know, peacefully with one another. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. yes, Denver, these stories are, are very common and it doesn't matter where you are. I think that there's, you know, and people, sometimes people can attract energy that keeps things in the space too. We got to acknowledge right. that too. A home yeah. can be perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden the wrong um, energy moves in and that also can attract other things that may be neighboring or nearby or people right. they bring home. So there's so many options with Denver. I think it was a great question. I agree. Billy, I got one here for you from Brian. Brian mm-hmm. says, I've heard of other historic spaces that are now converted to restaurants or attractions. What's your take on this? Do you think that this takes away from the creep factor? So, Billy, if there's a place that is truly mm-hmm. haunted and they convert it to something more commercial, uh, Brian's asking, do you feel that that takes away from the haunt, the, the, the eerie feeling it may give if it weren't commercial? I think it depends on the business and how they frame or brand what they have. And so I've heard of some bars here in, in America, um, you know, around the nation where some folks ha- say there was some crazy things that have happened. They're allegedly haunted or someone was murdered there and things move. They used it as part of their propaganda to promote and bring in patrons. So it works in their favor to use it and to spook people with that history. Right. And so I don't see that as a problem because if you don't do it, then it ends up being on someone's YouTube for abandoned spaces and you don't get these options to really revive or, or enjoy a community or a space. Now I have to say though, I think the line is drawn, Brian, for me, when you get spaces where there's been such tragedy, such as I'll use Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Notice how Pulse nightclub right. are buildings where there's mass shootings. They're like, they're, they're, de- they're, 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 they're demos. And they, yeah. people don't, they're no longer inhabitable for whatever reasons. And so there seems to be still within that spirit and that, and that thought, the expectation that's almost Victorian-like, actually, that says a space that is bad, is contaminated, it does not deserve anything else. And so we saw that as well. We talked about, um, Mary, um, what's his name, Charles Manson, um, in his show and that the apartment that he lived at. Remember, there were several things that happened. Right, no right. We're around now. And so... I think in that case, it does take away the creep. It adds to the creep factor if the owner does justice with it to make it worth something. Right, right. And I think that if a place is creepy, no matter what you do to it, there's still something that will give you some sort of creep factor. Maybe not necessarily the look. Could be a feeling. Could be the hairs in the back of your neck standing up. Could be chills or goosebumps. I I think there's still... If something is truly haunted within the structure, you are still going to pick up some form of vibe from that structure. Listen, Billy, you and I have discussed this before. Um, There are plantations that are now bed and breakfast or um, rental resorts, which to me is mind-boggling, but there's plantations. You mean to tell me that the souls of hundreds of people are not around that place? I mean – Maybe not, but my guess is probably. I mean, I, you know, you can, you can only think if, it, if you have a location where so many horrific things 
have happened, whether it's death or torture or whatever the case is, that's in that structure. That's in that space. I, I don't know. Oh, that's a great point, Nadim. I, I agree. I think that <laughs> that aspect of keeping history alive is one thing. I don't know, and you and I hold, you know, hold the same views. I don't know if we can go enjoy my, a, a time there. I wouldn't mind visiting for like a historic site, like a tour, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I could stay there, right? Right. And so right. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating that people do do these things, Brian. There's so many things. But Brian, it goes back to this. Who's to say what we don't know about the publics that we go shop at or the locations yeah, that we yeah. go and have dinner at? There may be stories, something could have very well happened on that land and consecrated it, but we only know what we know because it's told to us. But if we don't know what we know and it's not told to us, then it can't scare us. So it's a very interesting space. But for us, we, the Fright Talk guys, want to know. We actually do want to know. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Great question, hey, Brian. Thank you. That was a good question. I got one coming in now from Karen. Karen writes, I believe there can be just bad spaces, spaces that are cursed for some reason. Can you share a few of your experiences of knowledge or knowledge on this topic? Um, okay, so I agree with Karen about the spaces. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a structure. Sometimes it could just be an area. Okay, and I discussed this many times before. Areas in the Everglades, Loop Road, stuff like that. That's a Right. Eerie feeling for me, right? So Karen's right. Karen, there's definitely spaces that maybe not necessarily are structure. They could just be an area. I mean, a lot of times people drive down a certain road and they're like, hmm, yeah. what is going on? This road is is odd. This road is weird. I don't like this feeling. I want to get through this road as quickly as possible. And so we don't know what happened in there maybe we do in some cases but what's going on in this road why do we get this feeling and there's a lot of things that happen like that i know that there's areas karen there was this one road in particular i don't remember the name of it but i do mm-hmm. recall a story and it was in blue ridge um the blue ridge mountains in mm-hmm. georgia mm-hmm. i believe and there's a specific road that people took and every time somebody would take it at night they some people would be just fine and other people would have, they would see odd things or something like that. So I think that there's outside of structural buildings, I think that there are spaces and Karen, I I agree with Karen that just either have a, let's call it a heaviness to it. If you experience it or or, or go through it. Uh, Can you think of a place like that? I can when I was house hunting, I think I told you this story when I was house hunting for my first condo. And I remember the realtor, he took me to several spaces. There was a townhouse that he had shown me that was minutes from the Walmart that's out in West Kendall. And I got there, the place looked wonderful. The, but soon as I got in and stepped and we were there for a few minutes and I, I didn't want to be there. It's something about the space. And he said, oh, this, I mean, the kitchen was a ma- – it was stunning, high-finishes, high recently remodeled. The owner was there. She was a, a lady. She and her husband, they were leaving, but she was the one who greeted us. And she said they were leaving to go to another home. So there was no nothing as far as I knew of a tragedy or something. I felt something was off there that did not agree with me spiritually, and I did not want to buy it. I don't care how beautiful it is, how much it, – it's just the chi of the space. The, the, there was just so many things that were off. 
and I felt something was wrong. And to this day, it's one of the few spaces that I can never, usually when that happens, it's happened to me a few occasions in my life, Karen, um, but this one I don't have an answer to. I don't have an afterthought or some kind of um, resolution to the story. <laughs> um, in this case, though, it just provided a solid understanding. I didn't want to be there, and there was something there that didn't want me there either, and I was okay with that. Yeah, and Karen, I'm going to prove this to you in a moment. I'm going to use my, my dear friend Billy here. I know you folks can't see us, but you can most definitely hear us. Billy, I'm going to say to you a place in South Florida, and I'd like to hear your reaction. Chrome Avenue at night. Oh, interesting enough. See what I mean? See yeah, what I mean? like you see how I even get like, ah. Oh, oh. And you know what's funny? It's, it's now two lanes both ways. And right. I, you know, when we go south, which is on occasion, because we have family down there. I like to sometimes go on it, not all the way, but like there's a certain part. Once I get to like street 240 something, I'll mm-hmm. go on Chrome South because I'm closer to my destination, the restaurant we want to go to. This was before COVID, everybody. So anyhow, the point is I like seeing that historical part, but at night, um, yeah. the old Chrome, I mean, there were a lot of deaths on that street. That the could old be another Chrome, story yeah. for us. The old Chrome, there were a lot of deaths and fatalities on that street. A lot of crazy accidents, unfortunately. And so now they finally, after years, made it two lanes, which has helped a lot. And they put dividers in the, in the road, too. So that's now helping quite a bit as well. That, that's definitely a good space. Uh, and, uh, yeah, some of my students have told me over the years they've been on, out there for drag racing, right? Right, so, right. <laughs> that's also another problem and has also contributed to some of the fatalities as well. And yep. for a long time, I don't know now, but for a long time, it didn't even have streetlights. Yep, that's right. Yep. Now they do. Yep. It has lights now all the way down do. now. Yep. Yeah. It's very very yeah. well lit now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I still wouldn't take it unless it's lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> All right, and man. I got one for you. You know that even before uh, you proceed, Nadine, you know they're opening more roads to it too from from the Kendall Are area now. Yep. Side roads now 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 more leading toward it, which concerns uh-huh. me because now that means that they're cutting away at some of the the farmland too. So just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they expanded the road. Yeah. I have a question here for you, Billy, from John42. How many people do you think actually live in haunted spaces and don't realize it? So many houses have so many untold stories. Many. <laughs> John42, <laughs> many. The thing is, is you don't know, long as you don't know, it's like this. Naivety has its advantages. If you don't know, then you, you, know, you keep a boundary. There's a, there's a barrier, right? The moment you know, you might tap into something. And it may just create more circumstances that some folks may not ever be ready for. And so I think they're in the millions. And I'm not just talking here in our time. I'm talking to a nation. I'm talking to other countries and other spaces. I think there are millions of spaces that have things or spirits or, or, or loved ones or individuals who may not have moved on for whatever reasons or may come back and, and, and frequently visit. So there are things, even pets perhaps could do that as well. So I think there are millions. What do you think, Nadim, on that one? That's a good question. I think ignorance is bliss. I think that yeah. some people will prefer not to know if there was anything going on in the space that they're living, but I do agree. And I agree that uh, there are more places, John, that are haunted that people probably don't realize are haunted because they live in that space, right? And so you hear a noise and you could attribute it to something else. You can always attribute a noise to something else, right? You could always hear something and be like, oh, well, that's this or, you know, that's that. Um, so you can always do that, right. uh, but I, I believe that a lot of people either don't know or, in many cases, would rather not know. 
That is true. That is true. That is true. And, and you know, there's another part to that, too, that fascinates me, John 42. I think the fact is, if you're looking for it, there are folks who are enthusiasts, and there are folks who just want to live. I mean, listen, when we all get home from a long, a long week or a long day at work, do you want to be bothered by a poltergeist? <laughs> do you want to be bothered or frequently by things? And so, and who knows what goes on when we sleep? So let's not even go there. But the point is, John 42, I think there are spaces all about us, even grocery stores, not just homes, grocery stores, businesses, and other places that people frequent. And, of course, cemeteries, too. So there's a lot of options. Right. Yep. Right. I have a long question here from Max. <laughs> Max is one of our loyal listeners and, and is always writing in questions. So thank you, Max. Max says, I have a home in my city, Las Vegas, that is allegedly haunted or has a haunted past. I can't recall its name. I'll look it up. But its history is interesting. A rich guy murdered his family there and then moved in with his mistress to the house. And he wasn't caught for a number of years. Crazy. Now the place is owned by some other person. Would you live in a house with such a history? That's a good question. If I didn't know about the history, if I had, let's just say this, certain states disclose certain things. Right. <laughs> and so Florida is not one of them, folks. They don't disclose Correct. that kind of information. But right. if I'm not sure if, if Nevada does, but I will say if I can learn it, I will. If I could right. learn as much as I can in the space, and Nadine, you're similar like us, because we, and on the nature of our creative art, if you can't be a creative without doing research and anything, right? Right. And so, even if it's, especially if you're making a major investment like that, such as a home, you want to know the prior history. And so, I think that um, for uh, for me, no, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't. I, I need to know what I'm getting. But if I got it on, you know, if I bought a home, like let's say this house now, my neighbor came across the street and told me, Nadine, that somebody was murdered here. I wouldn't be freaked out because I've already been here five years and nothing's right, bothered right. me. You know, right. so I'm so there. There would be my difference. What about you? Um, I so I wouldn't be opposed to staying there more as a as a vacation or so, but to actually live in a, a home where um, somebody was murdered, I I don't know. I would definitely want to visit it. I would definitely wouldn't mind staying over, but actually living there, I don't know. Part of me feels, Billy, that it's not necessarily to say you inherit some of that bad juju or anything like that, but if you live in a place and it has a negative vibe and you go out every day to work or do whatever it is you do, us being creatives, mm-hmm. if, when you do those things, you have to think that that negativity somehow, that gloominess, somehow sticks with you. And I don't think I want to deal with that on a daily basis. Mm, that's a good point. Ah, I mean, the idea that we even, the we work with the public, you and I, especially a lot. And so right. there's so many energies and folks that are in our spaces, right? And so when you leave, like whenever I come home from work, I always say, I like to ring myself out before I come home because I don't want to bring that. Yeah, you could talk about the work day, but I don't bring the essence of anger. I might be frustrated at the circumstance, which is rare for work. Um, but nonetheless, it's not, it doesn't contaminate or manifest into my home. And, I, and what you brought up is spot on because some people don't know the boundary. They don't know the difference. And, 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 and that could be troublesome. It could be troublesome in a space like the one that Max described. Perhaps. Yeah. Folks, we're now in the last 
13 minutes of our show, and I have like six questions still over here, Nadim. So go we're going to go ahead and put out the call for 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And you can continue sending the emails to me at this point. We'll just go ahead and get through these. <laughs> we'll keep getting through these. Um, I got one here for you, Nadim. I want to throw out to you. Todd wants to know, do you think the Curtis Mansion would make a great movie or a book? Um, does it have enough depth to go there? I think it does have enough depth to go there if you go through the history of what Glenn Curtis actually did and um, in, in being the founder of these different cities. And as far as a horror movie, I, I, listen, you can make a horror movie out of anything. Yeah. I think there is enough depth there. I think the problem is that sometimes spooky histories, if a location has a spooky history, sometimes people want to wash over it. Whether that be for PR purposes, whether that be because they think it makes something look bad or negative or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case with the Curtis Mansion, but I think it has enough depth to have uh, a movie about it. Absolutely. What about you, Billy? I do, too. I think if it follows in the spirit of Shirley Jackson, The Haunting of Hill House, where the house, very rare that you get a house. And there are other movies that have done that. There are some on Netflix that have done it, too but a house that takes on the entity in the form of a character and the house somehow becomes part of the family story, that would mm-hmm. be super cool. So play almost like in a thriller, a psychological thriller, more than horror, I think it definitely could go there while using the historical backdrop of the Curtis family as the, the right. story's storyline. I think it, it definitely right. has potential. It truly does. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, remember, this is somebody who was, I mean, for those of you that don't know, he he's on the same level as Ford. He's on the yeah. same level as Edison. Okay, so he's on that level. He just in American history, he's kind of uh, glazed over for whatever reason. And Adin got one coming in. Look at this. Pete four 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 writes: Do you think in time that old spirits just go away when their presence or connection to a space has well exceeded its time? I think in some cases it does. Um, Again, with the understanding that I don't think all spirits are negative entities because they're, right. they're not. They're, they're absolutely not. Um, I think, I, I guess if he's asking if they would just move on, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Um, I think that sometimes spirits or entities stay connected to a certain structure much longer than they would even like. But I do think it's possible that you feel an eerie feeling in one moment and then maybe you go by sometime later and that feeling is gone and there's a mm. better, more uh, positive um, note that you get when you go in there. I mean, do you think, Billy, that spirits are, or entities are always attached to a specific spot? I'm at a crossroads. I'll tell you why. Because if you think about the idea of spirits, Yes, if a spirit if a spirit dwells in a space because of some tragedy and it wants to re- remind or it hasn't left or crossed over to the other side, okay, I can buy that. But then if you think about the spirit still hanging out, and at some point the people who you once loved if you were once hanging out with them now are with you on the other side, then why are you here? <laughs> so it's right. almost like, so now, I mean, now it might be a series, the whole family upset because you can't, you know, the living and the dead have two different spaces of existence now. And so... I, I'm 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 torn here, Pete, because of the fact that maybe perhaps people make those connections sometimes, just like we as individuals. You never meet someone in the demon, you like, I don't even know this person, but 
you feel like a kindred spirit, like us. Yes. Like I'm yes, like yes. I've known you far longer than we've known each other. Right. And right. so well then that could perhaps happen in spaces or for spirits. Maybe they feel the same thing. Their human identity or thoughts still exist perhaps and they want to attach themselves to something. So there's a possibility, Pete. Good question. Mm. Yep. 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 I are, think I you ran through all the ones on my side. Did I? Okay. I have one more. I have one more. Okay. Um, someone asked, how does the community feel about the Curtis Mansion? Does the place hmm. experience vandalism or other unwanted actions because of its history? Um, That's a good question. Wow. I can tell you that now it does not, from what I know, it does not experience any vandalism. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty well um it's pretty well looked after. The city of Miami Springs, it is one of the jewels of Miami Springs. The police department does a very good job of monitoring that area. So vandals, no, that, that's – I don't think it's – I don't think that's an issue. Now, perhaps when it had burned down a few times and it just looked like a hospital, maybe that was an issue then. Um, you know, it may be vagrants or something like that going in. And then in reference to how the community feels about it um, – you know, I think people who've lived in Miami Springs long enough have just always been used to the Curtis Mansion always being there because it always has been in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think that a lot of people just see it now as for what it is. It's a venue. It's not a museum. Um, they don't see it as a haunted house. Some people think that it has a, that there's perhaps a negative energy, but for the most part, I, I would say that uh, it's seen in a very positive light because it is a venue that no matter how people have discussed the negativity, it's a venue that does have joyous occasions like weddings and birthday parties and things like that. And I think that sometimes a lot of that positive energy can actually, you know, you know, over overtake any, any type of negative connotation it may have. Mm. Got one coming for you, Nadine from Scarecrow 97. This is a good one. Would you spend like a night in the Scarecrow Mansion? Scarecrow 97, right? <laughs> Would you spend a night in the Curtis, Curtis Mansion? Yes. Is it inhabitable? Yeah, there's no furniture. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a front desk that's literally a desk you could pick up and move. Um, there's a, perhaps a desk in a smaller office upstairs, maybe a rug. Obviously, they do wedding venues, so I don't know if they have stored somewhere chairs or anything like that. Um, if there was, you can, can you take a sleeping bag? If somebody, if, if you were to say, Hey, I, I want to stay here. Can I take a sleeping bag? It's inhabitable, inhabitable to the point that you're in sheltered inside, but it's not furnished. But would I, I would. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. I'll go and we do it together. I, in fact, I'd be willing to do a ghost hunt there. Definitely. I'd do one there. Absolutely. I, I, uh, Scarecrow 97 if you're local and you're interested, let us know. <laughs> yeah. I think hey, it would be great to try it. I think that's a great idea, actually. And here's one. So. You know, Sarah wants to know from us. Here's the, This is interesting, Nadine. Check this out. I wonder how much of the mansion's history influences people to host or not host their events there. Here's mm. my question. Would filming, would filming in a mansion encourage the tropes of horror that we know? It's like a haunted house. So... Um, okay, so they do tours of the Curtis Mansion. I think it's five dollars per person from ten to eleven a.m. every Saturday. Okay. As far as does it stop people from? I think that okay, if you want to have an event 
and you've heard terrible things or whatever, or this place is haunted, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, you may automatically not want to go there. Right. Um, so, so there's that. Um, when I'm sure when somebody is showing the space for rental purposes, because mm-hmm. it's a business, I'm sure it does not, it's, uh, it's not advertised that, oh, you know, this place is haunted, or could have right. haunted you in the back. I'm, I'm sure they don't even mention the fires. And so um, would enthusiasts go? I think enthusiasts would go, like-minded people like ourselves that are into horror. You know, Sarah, if you're if you're local uh, from 10 to 11 every Saturday, they do tours. Check it out. I mean, the tour is obviously during the day, but even during the day, it will give you a good feel of, of the space. No, Dean, this has been a great episode. I mean, the, the conversations have been great. And we, we thank all of our listeners today for all this awesome feedback and thoughts because we thought, at least when I, I know when I was coming into this, we thought at first it's, it's such a great staple. And if you're not in Miami or know the South Florida region, this could, you know, this could be a hit or miss. But it's apparent that those of you who are listening know a lot more. So we thank you so much. And we have a surprise in, uh, coming up. Because two weeks from today is June 4th, and we're going to be talking about the Axeman mm-hmm. at 7 p.m., and I'm that now there's a lot to dive in there and a whole other geographic <laughs> location to explore. And then after that, two weeks after that, on June 18th, we're going to be looking at underworld figures. So we have yeah. a lot of cool things that are coming up. And let me also say, folks, we're at the half, you know, it'll be June. And we will honestly say at this point, we're five months away already from Halloween, right? So yeah. There's a lot to come up. And you know what? The world is rebounding in different ways. Let's see what COVID. T- I mean, excuse me, 2021 Halloween look like there's so many possibilities. So we're building on something good here, folks. So do check us out on everydayfolksradio.com. Go and check out our lineup under the, under the news podcast I'm listing. You can see some of our shows coming up all the way up to October. And, and we can't thank you enough. Any final words for them, Nadine? Well, I, I'd like to th- I want to echo your sentiments. I want to thank you guys for listening, um, for all the questions that come in, for all the love that you guys mm-hmm. show us. So please remember that you can always follow us. And we encourage you, follow us on Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram. So are we. Follow us on Instagram or on Facebook. And Instagram is Fright Talk, guys. Facebook is the same thing. And I'm going to remind you, I don't even know, Billy, because I've lost track of what episode this is. Oh, okay. I've lost – you know, I don't know the, the track of our individual series, but I could tell you today is – Episode 211 on Everyday Folks. This on Everyday now. Folks. Wow. Yeah, so we lost track. I know we're like over 20 at this point. So Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So this, we, what, what I think, if you listened in to one or two episodes and you enjoyed it, and maybe you have listened into a ton of our episodes and you don't remember the other ones, or maybe you missed it, go back. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Yeah, go back and you can hear the show. And of course, we we appreciate it so much, and we appreciate all the love. So go back, listen to all our content, and thank you guys so much for always listening and being a part of this great journey with us. And hopefully, we inspired you to perhaps visit the Curtis Mansion and take the tours on Saturdays. Thank you again, everyone. Take care, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>